0: When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. for being back today. My voice might fa- sound a little scraggly today. I'm at the tail end of a cold. I'm not sure if it was covert cold, but it could have been, but I am almost 2 weeks out, so hopefully this is the last of it. So, I appreciate you sticking with my crazy voice today and um I just got back from being in Idaho putting my last my fifth child, not my last child, but my fifth child getting them ready for her semester or first semester out there and setting her all up and you know I was thinking about how different it was you know when I went out to college um I went to Brigham Young University Hawaii my first year and I went with no cell phone no credit card went to like had three connections from Atlanta to Hawaii had all my stuff like my parents didn't even think like oh I need to go out and set her up and it's just so different. The expectations, right, of um, now of like what we do for our kids, and and it was so fun to, you know, I've done this many times to set up the kids out of college, and I'm glad I have the privilege of doing it. But it's just, it's just different expectations, and I'm kind of going to talk about that today. Is um, kind of a common problem, like our expectations what happens to our expectations for our children's life when you're Christian and your child comes out as LGBTQ. And this is a common problem that I really see most of my clients face, especially um, if they're faithful and you know they really believe in their um, precedence mm-hmm. of their faith and all the doctrine. And, uh, you know, um, my experience will be the LDS experience from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints of, and that's where a majority of my clients are. Um, So I kind of know that this is a shared pain point that we all share. And, you know, most parents have very similar common dreams for their child, that their child will fall in love, that they'll get married, that they'll have a beautiful family. You know, we believe in the power of what love can do for human beings. And we believe that Heavenly Father's plan for our child is part of that is to fall in love and to give to another person because that's where they become their best self because and live their best life. Because we have seen that usually in our own life of what that commitment to another person and what marriage does for what di- is and does for us as how it's grown us up. And The problem is when your child comes out as LGBTQ, those dreams don't just disappear. Like you still want those, that same experience for your child. But if you're a Christian and particular LDS, this puts your brain into what I call cognitive dissonance. And that term cognitive dissonance is really used to describe that mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes, So when you have two beliefs that you believe are equally true, it causes like a brain, a pain in your brain. And the two beliefs that are problems for parents of LGBTQ children are you believe the doctrine of marriage um, and what it can do and that it's a beautiful part of Heavenly Father's plan. But you also believe that your child would have a more fulfilled life being married. And so you want them to be able to cleave unto a person and to um, share a life with somebody. So you want your child to progress in the gospel, but you also want them to live a whole full life. So in the gospel, we believe that the highest level of happiness in this life and the next includes a spouse and creating a family. And the conflict of the brain causes like you to feel so much unease and discomfort. And I honestly don't know of LDS or Christian LGBTQ parent that doesn't experience this discomfort of what they believe in faith and what they believe it's best for their child. Because you want to be faithful, but you also want to support what is best for your child's well-being. And so this puts you in a space that feels a very scary and chartered alone um, in our faith and with the Lord of like where, where do we go? And historically, um Christian or LDS families have felt there were only two paths. Like in the past, some choose to like leave the church because they felt like in order to support their child, they couldn't keep their membership. And others then, the other path felt like in order to stay, that they couldn't support their child. So in essence, they left their child. Like they had to stay, their faith was more important than their child. And so they really didn't support their child. But what I see with my clients and with myself is we're trying to create this third path. And I see more and more families forging their way on this third path. And there's no map for this path. Like think about like a guide map. There's no map guide. So what you have to do is you have to increase your skills, your religious skills, your spirituality of hearing him, meaning you have to really hear the spirit. You have to um, hear personal revelation for your family. And what happens is you learn to trust the Lord in a new way. And most importantly, you learn to find grace while you wait upon him. So this third path is like waiting upon him, where you believe in the goodness of God and you believe in there's a, um, there's definitely a path for your child or you just don't know it. So I knew the answer was not to leave my son, like not to not support my son, but I also knew it wasn't to leave the gospel because I knew that my faith and my um, testimony were really important to be me being my best self. Um, and I needed those, the structure of my faith to be the mom I wanted to be and to be the wife and how I wanted to experience life. I didn't want to lose my religion. So in order to stay and support my son, what had to happen is your relationship with the Lord had to change. And I had to learn how to be still and know. And most importantly, I had to wait upon him. So to find peace on this third path, which is this kind of unknown path, I really had to develop a new level of spiritual maturity. You know, and this comes with like 10 years into this journey where I have had to learn like three really important things that have helped me on this journey of How do I support my child without losing my faith, without losing my covenants? How do I live my covenants and support what he wants to do? And I love in Isaiah 40, 31, um, that scripture that says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So there really is beauty in waiting upon the Lord and their strength in it. And I've learned that one of my life tests is like really how I choose to act in this period of unknown uncertainty and waiting upon more um, revelation from the Lord. Because I can't control the Lord's timing, but I can control how I act while I wait upon more answers to my prayers in this time. So, why I'm waiting, we could either act like the typical two year old at the grocery store throwing a tantrum because their mom won't buy them a candy bar. Or we can learn to grow our patience with great faith. So if we handle the waiting with grace, we find what we're capable of and what we're like, and we're blessed with renewed strength and a new maturity um, with our spirituality. The Lord expects us to do all that we can do while we wait upon him. And there are like really three areas I'm going to talk about to help you focus on, to help you grow your faith in this waiting upon the Lord, in this uncertainty of this third path. And the first one I would say is actively seeking God. Okay. Seeking is an action word. It's a verb. It means to go, to acquire, to search, to discover, to do something. Um, this takes action. It's on our part. Like our part is to seek him. You know, In Jeremiah 29, 13, the Lord tells us, and you shall seek me and find me. And when you shall search for me with all of your heart. So the Lord tells us that if we take actions to seek him, he will find us. You know, I have found many situations in our journey of raising uh LGBTQ child that are really similar to the hymn, I'll go where you want me to go. And these words, but if by a still small voice he calls, that paths that I do not know, I'll answer dear Lord with my hand in mine, I'll go where you want me to go. Like these lyrics just struck me. They really represent keenly. What the journey is like as LDS or Christian LGBTQ parent, the paths that I do not know. You know, I knew the answer was not to leave the church or leave my son. And I have great desire to learn how to support both. But in order to support both, and I needed to be tutored by the Lord and sometimes daily. You know, I've had to seek the Lord in a much more active way. This included prayer, scripture, temple attendance, time and nature to just ponder and listen, time to be still. And I don't want you to discount those simple things that I just said, because when I spend time actively doing these things, they are the game changer in finding peace and hearing him on this path. You know, um, just yesterday I was in church and, um, you know, sometimes things can feel hurtful, what are said by other people. And I was in Sunday school and this lady was sharing this experience with, her sister who, um, is married to another woman. And she, you know, just said, I could not support her, you know, who, where she is married, married to another woman, which is my God is, you know, think it's abhorrent what they're doing, you know, and that felt really, really painful to me because, I also know a lot of LGBTQ people who are married that there's lots of goodness in their marriage and that it seems to be the best path for them. And so this kind of leads me to one, like you have to create this pace, place of peace because there's going to be things said on this path that feel hurtful by other people that share your faith, that you might now be seeing things differently. And it leads me to my second point, trying to understand God's plan for your family. You know, when my son um, was born, actually we adopted when we received him, like we thought we knew what the right path was for him, Uh, but we were wrong. The plan God had for our son did not match what we had envisioned, but we had to learn that together with the Lord, that we could create something even more remarkable than we had envisioned. You know, I did not envision him being LGBTQ. I envisioned him marrying a woman and creating a life that the same that my husband and I did. But that is not the best for him, he, you know, in order to really cleave into a spouse and be married to woman, that would not be the best for him emotionally and mentally. And so what this looks like for each family is very different. And one of the best ways we could support our Christian LDS LGBTQ families is really to not judge the decisions that they make for their family. Revelation is personal and different for all of us. You know, I loved Elder M. Russell Ballard's plead um, in the BYU Women's Conference in 2015 when he spoke to them. And he said, each of you must come to know what the Lord wants for you individually. Given the choices before you, once you know the Lord's will, you can then move forward in faith to fulfill your individual purpose. Um, Then he posed this question is it possible for two similarly faithful women to receive different responses to the same basic questions? And he emphatically responded, absolutely. What's right for one woman may may not be right for another. So I put in there, what's right for one family may not be right for another. That's why it is so important that we should not question each other's choices or the inspiration behind them. You know, John and I had to be really open to revelation, which seems surprising to us. Um, you know, things like dating and, um, you know, in high school to other boys for Nick. Like, we had to let go of our control in Nick's story. And we had to find out what our part was and what part was the Lord's and what part was Nick's. You know, each of us had a part and um, part of being a successful uh, parent in this space is letting go of what you, your part in the story is letting your child drive their own journey. And I promise you that if you go like, let go and go to the Lord often with even the smallest cares of your heart, he will bring you comfort, direction, and peace. You know, I love that story in the book of Mormon where, um, you know, it was the anti-Levites where, like their fathers buried their weapons and then the sons picked up their weapons. Each, uh, each one of them was making a covenant with the Lord. And so covenants with the Lord is a very individual thing. And a covenant is really just being in relationship with the Lord and what that looks like. And we have to be very careful to let our children guide their path of how their plan is with the Lord for them and not put prescriptive, um, decisions on what we think it should be because it's going to be different probably from our plan it was and we have to find peace with that so trying to understand god's plan for your family and for your child okay the third one is i think it's really important is you have to keep re-choosing faith and hope just like i re-choose to be married to my husband every day i re-choose to have faith and hope in the space of being a parent of an lgbtq child um the opposite of faith and hope is fear And every time we choose faith, what happens, we minimize the fear of what the future was going to be like for our child. So we're feeling worry, fear, and resentment. That comes from not choosing hope and faith. You know, Professor Clark explained, what is the source of fear? He said, I think it is rooted in the assumption that I must solve all my problems and face all my challenges alone using my own resources. That is frightening because deep in my heart, I know how limited those resources are. Knowing that I'm not capable of changing myself or my circumstance for the better, I stand frozen in fear. You know, very many, many, many times I feel I felt that frozen in fear of like what my child's life would be in the future, what health his faith would be. And when I then would bring those fears to the Lord and realize that I'm not alone then that gave the Lord that opportunity, the invitation to like to trust him. And I love in Proverbs 3, 5, where he's like, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. You know, I think this scripture for parents of LGBTQ children is so impactful because our, we have understanding and that doesn't apply to our child. Um, and it doesn't apply to his, their circumstance. So learning to go to the place of like, we know less Than what we do know and that the Lord has a plan for this child, the goodness of this child, that is where we start trusting them and start believing in the wonder of how this is part of how our child is created. You know, there's much I don't understand about my son being LGBTQ, but when I choose faith and hope, the Lord blesses me with more understanding and more peace and having faith has given me the courage to ask some big questions and to question what is the best decision for our family. It has really taken me off like the autopilot parenting and autopilot faith and has helped me discover new ways to think about things, new possibilities that I couldn't see without the Lord. And I love the scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 58.3, where he says, you cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time, the design of your God concerning you. So put in your child into the scripture. You cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time, the design of your God concerning your LGBTQ child. When I do that, that there has been moments where I received peace and understanding that my natural eyes could not comprehend, but that doesn't make it any real less real or faith affirming that I received those answers. And I know God has great things planned for my son. I just don't always know the how. Very rarely do we know the how. And I just need to trust in the goodness and the greatness of my God. When I do this, the fruit of that is I show up as the parent I want to be, the disciple I want to be, the wife I want to be, the daughter of God I want to be. When I'm learning into that fear and that resentment and like something's gone wrong, that fruit of that is me not showing up on on my best self, okay? So every day I have to wake up. And I really have to re-choose every day, faith and hope. Just like I have to brush my teeth every day, I have to be like, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be hopeful about this. So it's not a one-time event. It is a choice every single day. So I want you to know if you're feeling fear right now, you're choosing to feel fear. And this is where the skill of managing your thoughts helps you focus on what you can control and what you want to think and how you want to react in the circumstance. And watching my thinking helps me create those emotions that I need to show up for my son. Because I can't control my son's journey, but I can control how I show up for my son, how I think about my son, and how I minister to him. And when I choose to act from faith and hope, my actions and words are much more aligned with the Savior and how he wants me to show up. So from this place, my son then feels the Savior's love through my personal ministering to him. And I've learned that this is the most important part of his story my part in it is showing up, representing the savior in that way, representing like when he's with me, he feels like he's with the savior. That's how the most impactful I can be in my son's story. Um, President Uchtorf taught, we may share the same gene pool, but we are not the same. We have unique spirits. We are influenced in different ways by our experiences. And each of us ends up different as a result. Rather than attempting to force everyone into the mode of our own making, we could choose to celebrate these differences and appreciate them for adding richness and constant surprises to our lives. Really looking at seeing all of my son for who he is and not trying to fit him into the mold gave me the opportunity to really embrace the beauty and the differences of how our heavenly parents created him. Him being LGBTQ isn't just about his sexuality. It affects all of his amazing gifts. And really when I understood this, how that affected his unique and beautiful gifts and how God made him different because he loves us and he loves him and that Nick's differences enhance our world and don't take away from our world. When I gave myself permission to relax into that and to enjoy him, that's when my relationship with the savior and my son changed. Our differences are not contrary to God's plan. They are God's plan. And God has a specific plan for each of us. President Holland and his, um, Conference address a couple of years ago shared this apostolic promise, why we are waiting. He says, so why we wait, why we work and wait together for the answers to some of our prayers. I offer you my my apostolic promise that they are heard and they are answered, though perhaps not at the time or in the ways we want it, but they are always answered at the time in the way an omniscient and eternally compassionate parent should answer them. In my 10 years of this um, growing up my faith and supporting my son and letting him make the choices that are best for him, I now see that waiting upon the Lord in this space has been this opportunity for me to grow and for me to change and become my best version of myself. And I'm not saying I've done it perfectly. There has been many moments when I would resemble that two-year-old having a tantrum in my actions and thinking, but in the waiting, I have gained wisdom because he's taught me so much, um, about the lessons of what it is to fill uncertainty, what it is to live my covenants in this place. Um, it doesn't have to be a painful place for you and your family. In fact, the, that's the last thing the Lord wants you to feel pain about who your child is and about their decisions. Um, so really, like, these are the tools we work on in the Lifted Together community is how we show up in the waiting. Because, like I said, just explain that um, situation at church, there's going to be pa- times where it feels painful, where people say things and do things that um, make you question, if is there a place for you in your, in your church? Is there a place for your child? And learning to actively seek God trust in your plan, God's plan for your family, your individual family, that your plan is going to be individual from other people and to keep re faith and hope every day. These three things are what will keep you in that third path of creating. And that third path, what I want you to know is you create an even greater relationship with the Lord, um, a greater faith, a greater confidence. Um, I really feel like having a LGBTQ child has been one of the best gifts God's given me because it really has gotten me to a place where I have a new heart, um, a new relationship with the Lord, a new, new confidence, and new peace. Where I have less judgmental of other people, I can love in a different way. And I this is the same for so many of my clients and the families I work with. And so, learning how to maneuver this third path is kind of my coaching. I would say um, superpower. I help families in this where if you really do still want a relationship with the Lord and still want to support your child the best you can and let them have and have peace in their choices and their decision, that is what I help you do. And come join us and lift it together because that's what we work on. Because what it does is change your whole experience of your family in your life. And it just up levels everything. So thank you for being here with me today. If you need help, come join us and lift it together. Like, You get personally coached with me twice a month. We work, this month we're working on empowering our past, like cleaning up our stories where we felt like we were kind of a victim in the past and becoming the hero. And what that does is it just creates this future for yourself that um, is amazing. And um, part of changing that is changing like how, when your child came out, a lot of us have stories of regret about that and cleaning that up and um, being able to forgive yourself and to move forward so that you can love at a higher level. All right. Have a great day. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.